Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, welcome, everyone. This is episode 49 of the Level Up Latina podcast. Thanks for tuning back in with us. This episode is going to have a little bit of a tune to the keeping it real regarding social justice and race during the time of quarantine, kind of not only in an unprecedented time of what it is COVID-19, but also an unusual political climate that we've been living through for the past almost four years now. It's a time where we're looking really towards our main leader, where they're not providing the leadership that we're looking for, that we need need in a time of crisis. Um, now, while we're not political correspondents or professional doctors here, we do have minds and we have ideas and we want to discuss these kind of topics because we know that what is happening around us affects us, affects mostly the communities of color. A lot of the points we'll be discussing will highlight that. So today we do have, actually, Ceci has the connection with her husband, who is right now finishing his PhD in epidemiology. However, his focus is in COVID-19, but he is the best expert or getting the first hand knowledge when it comes from the people around him and experts when it comes to epidemics, right, Ceci? Yeah, definitely. Uh, first of all, hello and welcome. I know it's hard times and we're living through some crazy things that have been happening with, you know, the murder of Ahmed recently. And so it's just sad to see it happen. It's sad to live through some injustices. And I think as Latina women, we experience a lot of these injustices firsthand. When it comes to, I think, race, and right now with COVID, I, I did have a conversation with Luis because I knew we were going to be talking about this podcast, so I wanted to get his input in how he sees it, and because this is something that he's been studying for a few years now. His specific in epidemiology is diabetes and how that affects different groups. He analyzes data because the data shows that diabetes is not a problem with everyone across the board, like looking at the same data. For example, he was telling me that diabetes as, as a whole affects blacks and Latinos more than th their white counterpart. He was giving me percentages and uh, don't quote me on this, but from what I recall, he was telling me that Latinos and blacks are affected at a 20 to 25% when it comes to diabetes compared to whites at only 11%. And Right now, with the COVID-19, we know that people who are elderly are at high risk for, for you know, the coronavirus, but also other pre-existing conditions such as diabetes. And because what I mentioned earlier that, you know, Latinos and Blacks have a high risk of diabetes, they too also have a high risk of contracting this, this COVID. horrible COVID-19. He was just telling me just these straight numbers, he, he indicated that in California, only 6% of the population are Black, African American, yet 12% of the total deaths related to COVID-19 in California are, are people of Black descent or Blacks. So it's just like the disparity that you see just from those numbers, it's, it's horrible. And mm -hmm. what is it? It's because a lot of like Latinos and a lot of Blacks are considered essential workers. They don't have the capacity to work from home. They actually need to leave their homes and be exposed to the dis this disease. A lot of Latinos are also doing our agriculture work and that needs to be done because we need food to eat. Uh, mm -hmm. My suegro is actually a truck driver. So he hasn't, 
you know, had the luxury to stay at home. He's he's yeah. working every day. In Salinas, my mother-in-law also works at the school district where the school district is still providing meals. So she has to go and feed the kids that even though the schools are closed, but she's still, you know, out there exposing herself and because, you know, they're they're considered essential. So a lot to think about. It's a it's a deeper conversation, but just off the top, that's those are the things that came to mind when we were talking about like the disparities between, you know, Latinos and blacks when it comes to being exposed to COVID-19. I mean, I got so I just jumped right into the topic. I didn't even ask us how we were doing just because I'm like, it's so <laughs> we usually were like, hey, checking in. How's everyone doing? Mm -hmm. It's so lighthearted, but it's just been hitting us left and right with things that we just are not ready to like everyone was ready to cancel the year within within weeks of starting the year. I was like, dude, I'm like, yeah, that's true. Very true. We do hope everyone's doing all right. And I do hope you ladies are doing great. We don't see each other. We do get to check in at least now every couple of weeks and, and discuss these things. But obviously, it was something we really wanted to discuss. It's things that we're discussing with our partners, with the people that we, you know, that we see on a daily basis, because it's things that are so important and that you don't think we would have to that we would be living through it, obviously, in 2020. Everyone thinks like it's the future. The future is now. And we're so backwards. We're so backwards on our ass when it comes to people that say we don't see color. If you don't see color, that means you have an issue because you're, you should be able to see it and know that there are differences and how our, our justice system works and how, in this case, healthcare and these communities, our communities are being affected by it. So that's why it's so important to have the discussion. And I'm glad that Ceci has at least some numbers to share, like statistics with that. Irene, how are you? How are you feeling? How are, are your kids like asking questions? I know that your kids are, are a little bit older, and I'm not. I'm not sure what kind of discussions you're ho having with your with your children. No, they are totally um, asking questions all the time. They're confused a little bit about when is this going to be over. I think they try not to be scared, but they worry about the fact that we are out in the community. We go to the store and. Everybody's got masks. That's really scary. You're waiting in line. You're trying to stay six feet away from each other. We're telling them to wash their hands constantly. All the little things worry them, obviously. And then they're at a place where luckily they're young enough to be shielded from the social injustices. Like they don't watch the news. You know, we don't have the news on. They don't get inundated with social media. So they're sheltered in a way. And so for them, it's an innocent scared. It's a things are different. When am I going to see my friends again? Why can't I just be free at the supermarket like if you take me which is a treat by the way i never really take them i take them and it's a treat i keep them with me and i'm watching them and i'm vigilant and i'm watching their hands and it's kind of high alert that makes me think a lot about everything that happened with ahmaud Aubrey. you brought it up slightly to see about him being shot back in february nothing happened killed these two white men think that it's self-defense because they thought that he was the burglar they were looking for. I mean, just mm -hmm. blatant, blatant racism, blatant racism. Like that's not how it works. They killed this man. And the only reason that there's somewhat justice, which we still don't know because they still have to be convicted. But the only reason there's somewhat justice is because all of us as society see the video and we're all shocked and we all share this collective like awe and shock. But I think of our kids and their innocent fear, their innocent fear of just something like COVID and going to the store and me having them be paranoid about their hands. Imagine growing up black, like oh, we God. don't have, we don't yeah. have that. Yeah. We don't have that fear that having a black son that gets to go into the world and buy a candy bar and, and be profiled. He gets to go for a jog and be judged by the color of his skin. A gentleman who's out there doing something good for his body. Like it just really makes you think about your privilege a lot and where we are, where we come from and our views and how we get to be in our little bubbles. And I just keep thinking about our black brothers and sisters and thinking like, we have to speak up more. So I'm glad we're doing this. Mujeres, I guess. Yeah. Level up Latina. I'm glad we're we're adding to the conversation more and more of us. Because sometimes I think this is, even though we're Latinas, 
it's very much a black and white issue. And so yeah. black people are looking to us and thinking it's not, it's not just white people that need to use their privilege. It's Latinos, it's mixed people. It's everybody from Central America, everyone from all over Latin America. Like we have a different place to come from and our kids are not profiled like the kids of African-American brothers and sisters. And it's very, very sad. So my kids are okay, Vero, but I personally feel that I'm getting hit by all sides with just the way the society is and not being happy with who our leader is and how he's running this country. And he himself is like the ultimate, unfortunately, clearly the ultimate sexist and racist, which I, I mean, if you're a big Trump supporter and you listen to us, that's your business. But my view is that I go to any other part of the world and he's a joke. He's a joke. If, if he's not seen as a serious leader and the fact that he won't wear a mask when he's out in public, he's telling us to, but he doesn't the whole nother issue there. But I'm not proud of who our leader is. And so it just perpetuates this craziness in the world. I think we, we usually do have, um, well, in college, we would have a lot of these conversations. It's a prestaba el tiempo and, and the environment for having those kind of conversations in, um, you know, who are we as Americans? And a lot of times we've always spent like finding our identity because we are, we live in the United States of America. This is part of North America. It's a various Americas, right? But we have this thing where we call ourselves Americans. You're from the US of A, you're American. For many times we've always found it, felt that we don't fit in. So we've always felt the need to cling on to our cultural identity. So we find ourselves being African-American, but then also that is the black community. We are, we consider ourselves Mexican-American. For a long time, I gave up on the American part because I didn't feel American. So I just said, I'm Mexican. And I just claimed, I just hung on, hung on to that so hard because I'm like, that's who my identity is. Because it's so hard to identify as American because I felt that I didn't fit into that culture. And right now, it's, it's one thing where you're like, oh, we're all Americans. It's hard to stand up and say, yeah, we're just simply Americans. Because it, it seems that the laws in America don't apply to every American equally. Otto posted something on his Facebook and he likes to, to have political debates and discussions, mm -hmm. not to get angry, but just to really just pick your brain and find out why people think a certain way. It's trippy to think that, you know, the protests that were happening free us, you know, give us our liberties yeah. back because we're in quarantine. How so many white Americans in this case were took to the streets to protest, you know, wanting to get a haircut, wanting to get their nails done. And in certain parts of the country, they're in full metal, you know, full metal jacket and a bulletproof vest. They have their yeah. shotguns, they have weapons on them. He put a post where it says, if, you know, pretty much along the lines of white people would come out in those numbers to protest when a black man gets shot, that would be great. And what he meant in the sense is like, imagine if... And, and there was comments in the sense of saying, white people did come out to support. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, what about those? It would be great if the people that wore those metal vests, the bulletproof vests and the shotguns, if they came out too so strong to support this as they did getting their hair done, then, oh, we have the same views. But the thing is that those uh, those white Americans or those Americans don't see it as one black man who is an American getting shot. They don't see it as like and shot and killed without a reason they don't see it as it's a problem for all americans it's more like oh that's for the black community to handle but they don't come out to support who it is as just, as just an, a man that's an that's an american that gets shot and it's like it's seeking it's who, who should be sought justice i'm with you 100 because i think when the black lives matter movement came out there were a lot of white supremacists out there saying defend the cops 
and it's not about black lives. What about the, mm-hmm. the, the thin blue line? And, and it was all about policing people and police were great and cops, 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 cops. Cause a lot of people, mostly white people didn't want to defend black people. They wouldn't want, they didn't want to say it was about black lives matter. But now these are the same people that are out there. Like screw the cops. I want my Liberty. I want my guns. I mm-hmm. cops like you, you were there out there defending cops before now screw cops now screw laws now screw i want to be liberated like you don't make any sense like who are he right? what do you stand yeah, for you just, didn't, you just, you just didn't want to back up black people at all but if a bunch of black and brown brothers and sisters were out there with guns we can't even imagine we can't imagine no, guys forget it being invited to the rally at city hall with the guns like we grew up in the hood <laughs> like i can't imagine even owning a weapon i know we're not black and we don't have that experience at all but i don't get the memo i don't get the memo that says let's go hang around with our shotguns because we're americans and we have the right so there is this hugely skewed line and where were those people like they don't seem to want to be on the side of justice and i know we're being judgmental we're on the other side of it judging too so they could look at us and think we're judgmental but to me it seems hypocritical because they don't want to defend black lives matter and they're all about the police officers how police officers are so just and so right and now those are the same people being like screw police officers i'm not going to get arrested I'm going to break the law. I'm going to go to the nail salon, even if it's closed, or I'm going to go to the beach, even if it's closed. I don't care what cops tell me. And then you hear about how cops are only policing the black and brown people. They're not policing the white people breaking the laws. Like, oh my God, of course they can be on their privileged I mean, throne right it's insane like in new york they weren't doing protests but they were out in one side of the one side of the city is out and it's all a white crowd chilling in the park getting some sun they're like f this we're hitting this we're hitting the park because they're not going to the beaches like here in orange county you go to la county beaches closed no one's there who mostly lives in la county i mean it's a very it's a diverse diverse county but then you go down south to orange county and we know that most people there are white people but they're like i need my tan I'm going to mm-hmm. go. Me vale, me vale lo que digan. COVID, um, warm weather kills it anyway. We're not in danger. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you thinking? You know, like, this is not about you. It's about thinking of everyone in general. We remember we had a conversation earlier in one of the podcasts where this is not a time about us, only you as an individual. This is about the greater good. And we have to start thinking about it that way or else we're never going to get out of this. I think it just goes back to who our leader is. Like, he's like the biggest motivator for white supremacists, the, the racist. I don't remember hearing so many stories of racism pre-Trump. I, I don't. And post-Trump, we he- we see them left and right. We all know a friend or a family member that has experienced racist and it has happened during his administration. Three years ago in January when he got sworn in as a president. It was during my quarantine uh, with the girls and it was a few days after the girls had been born. And I remember just being terrified of going out because I didn't know how people were going to look at me. I didn't, And I live in San Francisco, so it's very diverse. San Francisco is a sanctuary city, but still like just but people are racist going- out there anyway. Yeah. Matter. So just the thought <laughs> of going out a Mexican, I consider myself Mexicana, so I, just going out and speaking Spanish, or I just me, me daba miedo, me daba terror, just to think about it. And even from that point on, I've heard stories again from family and friends where they've experienced racism in one way or another, and it's coming from Trump supporters. One in specific happened within the last year, and you guys probably recall this was Ara, our, our dear oh, friend yeah. Ara. She was with her family, and she was her husband was driving on the freeway. They were merging into a lane, and they happened to cut off or go in front of a like a huge trailer, like a huge semi truck. Yeah, and so they they cut him, not cut him off, but they went merged into the lane in front of him, and he started like 
honking and they came to a stop because there were there were completely there was traffic bumper to bumper and he got a, got out of the car and screamed at them saying like this is why we needed the wall yeah. and says like they i think they were so shocked that i don't i don't even remember if she responded or anything but sh- her children were there she has like a 10 year old a nine year old and uh, three boys under 10 and just two she didn't know what to tell them the boys were scared Ada posting about this incident she took a, a photo of the of the vehicle or the truck and it was a, a, a sure enough it was a trump supporter and I, w- I remember feeling so upset about it and just like, it didn't happen to me, but it happened to a close friend. It was just like, what would I have done, you know, if I was in that situation? Would I have responded? Like, que, que se dice? Because, you know, we see things that happen, for example, now with Ahmed, people carrying shotguns. Like, what, what are, how are they going to react if you react and respond back? Another situation too happened with my mom. She, she, two, she's, she's, had two instances one was where um she was at costco and she was talking to my little nephew in spanish and uh a white woman said something along the lines of we're in america speak english and my mom was you know like playing with the little boy with the little boy so me i know so mi tia mi tia overheard overheard and said yeah did you hear what he said you know escuchaste lo que te dijo my mom was like yeah and like, ni le, ni le, ni le pusieron atención. And I was like, pues, tú hubieras respondido así. Or you would have said like, oh, yeah, like, you, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I got upset for her. And then another instance happened where she was at Kaiser. And my mom goes every three weeks for her, like, light chemo that she mm-hmm. has to go undergo treatment. And usually her, one of her sisters accompanies her. And they were sitting, this happened like within the last year, pre-COVID. But... They were sitting in like, I guess they're separated by, by curtains. So everyone that's there is getting the same treatment or chemo or something along those lines. But they were just talking amongst themselves in Spanish and they overheard another patient talking to his nurse saying something. I hate when they do that, when they speak Spanish and the nurse agreed. And so whatever, my mom, my aunt continued talking. They didn't say anything to any of the staff. And then a couple weeks later, I think my aunt had an appointment and mentioned it to her interpreter. Hey, this, you know, this happened. And the interpreter at Kaiser, the Kaiser employee was so upset. She's like, she told her like, you should have told us, you should have said something right away. Do you remember what day it was? Maybe we could look up the records and figure out who, what nurse it was and what patient it was. And, and then, so they had a meeting with the director of the, of the oncology department, like to make them or to tell them like, Hey, this, this will not happen again. If it happens again, you're going to let us know because that is not acceptable. Like we're not, that's not the climate that we want to encourage at Kaiser. Anyway, so it's just sad that things like that happen to our moms, to our friends. It is sad to see that, that those kind of things happen. It's trippy because it's not like racism didn't exist. People have their beliefs and we're raised differently. And we, some people are raised to allegedly not see color. And some people can learn and, and not just appreciate, but respect different cultures and being different makes us special it makes us being different is it's good imagine everyone being the same cookie cutter person there's it's it's impossible the thing is what this new president did was make it okay to just speak it and say it it's not like it didn't exist but it just kind of reinforced to say like wow people come, come out of the woodworks like where did everyone come from that all of a sudden has so much hate yeah but it's just that he just made it okay right it's like you don't have to hide it fine it's it, we know that there's racial differences and we and it's okay to speak your mind and tell people that they're that they're less than 
and not worth it. And they're, if they're not speaking English like they should be, you should call them out. But it also makes it where we now we're like, okay, well, let's talk about it. How are we going to fix this in, in our country and, and actually pull together and try to overcome this kind of racial tension or uh, inequality? Our system has just shown itself. You know, we come from a system that is rooted in racism. We come from a system, and especially our Black brothers and sisters, I mean, slavery, and he said, you got it right, but all Asians have faced it, Latinos have faced it. Brown people are being lynched in the 40s and 30s too. We just mask it. We grow and we think we're evolving and we mask it and we mask it. But people are raised like this, and I think we're blessed in California that we don't experience it as much, but then we do. Like, Ceci has all these stories, and we all have those stories of, of these kinds of things touching us and affecting our lives, but I think the best way to deal with it is to recognize that it is a system that's broken and trying to fight against it. I like that a lot of people spoke out about this recent unfortunate slaying of a black man. And it's too, re it's too common now. It's just too common to find African-Americans are being profiled, Latinos the same, jailed for the dumbest things, three strike mm -hmm. laws where, I mean, barely drug possession is like a thing. Mm -hmm. and there's all these high level criminals that get away with it left and right because they have access to dollars. It's a money issue. That's a class war and it's a color of your skin issue. And I think the best we can do our tip is to just not be silent, not be silent. That's the best we have to do. And when we see these things, speak up for ourselves, speak up for others, sign the petitions, be enraged, show them mm -hmm. to the rally that is about equality, show the rallies that are about justice and peace and try to go against it. And not let those people get away with things that are racist. You know, don't feed into it. Don't follow it online. Don't, because, you know, especially as Latinas, we're taught to not rock the boat sometimes and you don't want to be dramatic and you don't want to be labeled adding more to that mm -hmm. racism, right? And you don't fight the good fight. I was at a, I was at a supermarket the other day and we were waiting for the, the gentleman, a Latino, to sell us propane. And he was kind of taking it a moment and taking a moment. And he said to the lady, I'll help them right now. And he like closed his um, register. He's like, I'll help you guys right now. I'm sure we have some people and I are waiting and waiting, waiting. And a white woman comes over and starts setting her stuff down. And the guy's like, oh, isn't she closed? And he's like, well, no, he let me put my stuff down. And the Latino just kind of looks at me like, oh, sorry. And it wasn't just the white woman, but a white woman and this older white man. And I kind of thought like, wow, he just kind of saw us like, Carla the Latinos, like they'll have my back. And I'm like, hey, like we were waiting. You were close to help us. And he goes like, it's cool, it's cool. And I'm like, no, I don't think it's cool. He's like, es que señora, pues ya no sé, pueden esperar, like talk to me in Spanish. Almost like, let me just help them. You can wait. And part of me mm -hmm. felt like, God, it's such a like, he doesn't mean to be prejudiced towards me. We're the same people, right? But what he what he saw was like this bow down, like this privilege gave the two white people their privilege. Like he had clothes, like he allowed them to not be, like he didn't enforce, I'm closed, I'm helping them, they're waiting. And I felt for him, I felt like we let those things pass all the time. And I told you, like, no, we're leaving, let's go. Like, that's not cool, because somos Latinos. You know, he spoke to me yeah. in Spanish. He went there yeah. and he was looking at me like it isn't about that. And I'm like, it's totally about that. Like right. we saw it all played out and it's not from a, he was racist towards us because we're Latinos, but he didn't know how to tell the two white people, not one, mm -hmm. but two mm -hmm. who didn't give a crap that he was closing, yeah. who saw us there like dummies waiting for him. And I don't think the white people even were doing anything intentional. Everything's under the surface. Yeah, right. they, they didn't respect that he was closed, which I don't think I would have done to my man. Like I wouldn't have done that. He closed, move on. Yeah. And he allowed it. He allowed it because he didn't know how to be like my bad these people give me a second senora senor you know in english obviously and i told you we're leaving we're not going to give them our service, our business it's not cool like it's he may not know it they may not know it but we know it we know it we're standing for it and just like he told me y'all can wait in spanish and let them i said you know mm -hmm. i followed up with like no like that's not cool yeah and i didn't pull the race card but i saw the systemic card that was there 
And the systemic yeah, part is that you bow down. I was going to say, and I bet you those two individuals, the white lady and the and the white male, did not even notice. Why? Because they they're like blind to this white privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And, and we right, and we encounter those people every day. You at the supermarket, at work. Um, I know Luis has with people that he works with, and they're just they don't get it. They don't. Yeah. And maybe they do. Maybe in a way, way they're entitled, and maybe they thought, "Well, I'm going to get away with it." Like, <laughs> and maybe they do, or maybe they truly don't. But I, I, the, the stronger, more confident person wins, and you, as a white person, you have this level of confidence that you probably don't even realize. And you sit there and you kind of trample on other people's civil liberties. Sometimes mine wasn't about civil liberties, but it's just a little thing. It's if that happened all day long, like you just cut in line all day long. You just don't care and you dismiss someone all day long. So then when someone down the street happens to die and they don't look like you, you don't say something like we're just adding to the problem. Mm-hmm. It's where they, that's where you become an ally, right? When you ask for allies, you need to be able to speak up. If you have that ability to do it or you, ha- or you have the power to do it, do it and stand by it. Don't just do it to gain friends. Do it because that's what you believe. And I always had a problem not shutting my mouth. And I've gotten myself into so much trouble since I was little because I I would always say something. And I think it's important that we all stand up for what we believe in. Because like they always say, when you don't stand for something, you fall for anything, right? But it's so true. Like if you don't have strong beliefs and integrity, and you're you understand what you're a hundred percent sure that you under that you that you believe in something a hundred percent, you find it unfair. Whatever it is, and if it's someone and you're seeing an injustice happen and you are able to say something and do something and you choose not to, that's just wrong. That is just wrong. If that person's unable to stand up for themselves, there's a reason for that. But you having the ability and the power and the words to do so, do it. You should. And I and I think now it's it's different you're telling tell me like stand in front of someone that's getting shot. I mean, I would do my best. I, I feel like if the US of A was a place where it was like the Wild Wild West where everyone was allowed to carry a gun, we would have a little bit more respect for everybody. And I I mean I have my different beliefs on on, on gun and carrying and open carrying and all of this. But I feel like if you were to give everyone a gun, people would shut up a little bit more. There would yeah. be a little bit more respect because if you have a weapon, the other person doesn't have one you feel mas machito. You feel a little bit more gallito. You're, you're like, I'm going to step up to this person. And this could be either you being of the same color or not, even more when it's people that are not the same color. You're, 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 te sientes como con more power to do something. But if that other person has a gun, you know, you're going to think twice about your actions and you're going to use your damn words a little bit more. So I just hope that if you are one of those, uh, anyone that has beliefs that you see something that's wrong, Stand up for them, stand up for yourself, stand up for what you believe in and say something and do something. And even just if that's filming, like pull out your camera and film. You see something going on this day and age, it's making a difference. I mean, I don't want anyone to be in danger, but you see something that's unjust, like you start filming. I can't think of what it was the other day, but I told Diego, like, we should film that, we should film that because you never know if that could be something. Just anything. You see something slightly off and there's a misunderstanding going on. And as long as you're not involved and give people, like, put fear in those cops or put fear Mm. in. Uh, people that are being blatantly racist and again it's a misunderstanding i have a story where we had all this stuff donated to our students a lot of stuff donated to our students about 75 families were going to be helped but we had to meet in the parking lot of a dollar tree and it involved carrying tons of boxes of shampoo and tons of boxes of toothpaste and really great stuff to help 75 families 
But sure enough, there were some people that suddenly were like, why are you hoarding? This is the problem. And all this tension and all this was escalating. And it was a huge misunderstanding. It's like, this is not for me, ma'am. This is not one family. I'm taking this to a program for 75th students. There's misunderstandings in the world. And that's another thing that también, like there's some people that are just like, they don't understand the whole situation and they just step in like, oh, wait, you guys are doing something wrong. And it's like, whoa, chill. So I could see uh, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. But I'm so glad that the era of filming is in. Imagine mm-hmm. if Rodney King would have gotten beat now. Yeah. You know, like how, how would, how would things have turned out? Yeah. You know, I mean, in that time, it was early 90s. What was it, 90, 94, 92, 94? That person, because it, it happened in the hood, right? Thank God that person happened to have a video camera. How many people in the in the hood own a camera? I didn't even own a camera in college. He so luckily was able to get, someone was able to film this through, with a camcorder through their window and seeing this man get beat. Now imagine, and he got, you know, went to trial, all this stuff. These, these cops were let off. It, it was, that's the whole reason of the riots. And it was an injustice. It was wrong. Whatever happened, I, I don't know. We're just talking about this. We're like, I wonder what, what laws or what actually happened that allowed for them to be, oh, get let go with no charges, these cops. Yeah. But imagine that was today. I wonder how different it would have been or it, it could be, but it, it's just me. I'm opening my, I'm like, I wonder what it would be like if it would be today's day and age if this whole Rodney King trial would happen. The thing is that we don't need the Rodney King trial. We have so many things consistently, constantly, constantly, constantly happening. And everyone's like, it'll get better. It'll get better next time. And it's obviously it's not. I saw this great clip of a police officer saying like, this is getting out of control. It's getting out of hand. Police officers serve us. Like we're their bosses. We are the consensus. It's written in the constitution that it's he was very ashamed of his peers, like the police officers that are in video, just like losing their minds, being tyrannical. And that's different. That's a whole different power, right? Because what we were talking about earlier was just citizens thinking that they have the right to, you know, shoot from one person to another. But how you see, but you brought it up earlier in New York, it's like you look at an image of Central Park and tons of white people just chilling, being unbothered. But if you go over to the Bronx or wherever, black and brown people are getting harassed and getting slammed to the ground. And it's just incredible that the vast difference that the system creates disparities, whether it's what we started with, the coronavirus, the reason that it's hitting our communities the hardest is because of, you're right, us having to be the essential workers, our families having to be the ones out putting themselves at risk, our families not having the health insurance or the luxury to be able to just put their feet up and work from home or the technology even, like, keep getting hit by all sides. We yeah. have to be hit by the racism that's out there and whether it's violence or post- police officers or laws or just the healthcare system that Unfortunately, this is the U.S. and everyone's getting sick and us minorities are getting sick at an alarming rate. And our people, our gente, don't necessarily have what they need to take care of themselves financially from a medical standpoint. And we're not going to we're not going to self-quarantine. Like I think about like my mom, my mom would have still been cleaning houses. She couldn't stop. And they don't like my suegra, like she was on the bus. Like, there's no way she wasn't not going to be on the bus. Like We have to do what we have to do. And it's just sad that we have to be so much more at risk and then we don't take care of each other and then we don't stand up for racism or we're not valued. Society doesn't value us. Society doesn't value the immigrant worker on their back all day. I was pulling out weeds the other day for 10 minutes, 10 freaking minutes in the sun because Diego bought me this cool tool and I'm like, mi gente, mi gente, they do this all day, eight to 10 hours a day for me to have a fucking strawberry and here people are complaining. (laughs) I'm fucking cilantro. Yeah, these people, (laughs) right? Because I don't know, I don't have the green thumb, but these people are complaining about not giving them a stimulus check. 
No one's taking from you. They're going to get yeah. your 1200. You're going to get yeah. your money. Why take from the other person that puts food on your table? But we're just so blind sometimes to that privilege. And that's the saddest part too, that the immigrants are being hit the hardest right now. And any legislation that's coming out for them to protect them, people are slamming down on it. But it's like that kind of hater aid. I don't understand. Si no te quita de tu boca, si no te quita de tu boca. It's not taking from your livelihood, your house. I think it's everybody's money. We all paid into it. Why are you tripping on somebody else's money? Who cares mm-hmm. where they are? They're from how long they've been here. They're hardworking people. It's not criminals coming from. And they pay country. taxes. Yes. It, and it's not like people lining up coming from any country. Like a Canadian could be an immigrant here too, you know, but they're not lining up coming here to take our benefits by no means. Believe me, they'd be going back to their countries for the level of healthcare we get here. But I find that, another thing that we need to stand up for. Like when people are complaining about immigrants getting relief services, dollars, look, they pay taxes. They work five times as hard as all of us. And as long as it's not taking from you, why not share the wealth in terms of karma, in terms of law of attraction, why take from some, no one is taking from you to give to your brother and sister. So it's just an interesting haterade. They're blind to that. And they're racist. Like it just goes back to that. To not be able to put yourself in other people's shoes in the sense of self quarantine, stay home. And if someone's sick, you know, just have them be in in a, in a bedroom. A lot of times, families are sharing their homes. It's, it's not a single family residence. There's multiple families in one in living in one house. And it's impossible to have the luxury to self-quarantine yourself and stay home and stay in your room because you're going to be in direct contact. So these people that have to go to work, expose themselves, co- possibly contract the virus, and then come back home to where you have your family. But unfortunately, it's not just one family, it's multiples. It's it's a luxury to say, stay home. And if someone is has the virus, just stay in a different room. It, you Your rooms are less than six feet apart. You're going to, people are going to get sick. So we have to be a little bit more considerate about things and, and just be aware, be more aware of, of the outside world that not everyone has the same, you know, luxuries and, convenience use our privilege for good like use our yeah, privilege for good stand up for everybody else if you have the money to donate not a lot but give me these great organizations that give back whether it's you know the black lives Let matter movement you're stirred up about the same that happened at mont Aubrey, whether it's given to food banks and relief funds that support immigrant families make someone's day and and think about those families that Beto's describing that can't isolate that can't stay safe work from home they got to be out there and they in many cases put their family at risk well, with that, I mean, there's a lot. Obviously, it's 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 a topic that we can go on and on and on and on and on about. But I'm glad that we, you know, at least had a moment to discuss these things because it was they're weighing heavy on us in different ways. So, if any of you want to continue the conversation, feel free to email us, contact us, DM us. Our DM at our Instagram or Facebook. Our handle is at Level Up Latina, and feel free to shoot us an email. Our email is admin at leveluplatina.com. So feel free to hit us up. Let us know any experiences you've had or if you have you recently stood up for anybody or just share your stories. We want to hear them and we would love to share them with everybody else. So feel free to hit us up and make sure everyone stays safe and stand up. Like we said, like Irene just recapped, if you have the ability to do it, stand up, you know, use your privilege. Stand yeah. up for each other for sure. And don't forget to level up. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.